I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song. Welcome to a special edition of Friday with Friends. Welcome to this special Friday with Friends edition of More Than a Song. With me today is Matt Harmon, here to chat about his faith, one of the books that has impacted me, and of course, God's Word. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. So I'm just a Cajun girl. Uh, I've been living in the South long enough to know that you do not call professors by their first name. So (laughs) in your day job, you go by Dr. Harmon, professor of New Testament studies at Grace Theological Seminary, but you said it was okay for me to call you Matt. So absolutely deep breath and try it. (laughs) I I insist. I insist. Okay. Well, we are going to get into specifically why I invited you on this special edition of more than a song in a minute. Uh, But despite your career and qualifications, you are a follower of Christ. So Matt, why do you read the Bible? Well, the primary reason that I read the Bible is it's God's very words for us. And I need that. I have to start every day with uh, God's word because that is what feeds my soul. It allows me to uh, to know who God is and to faithfully walk with him. And um, it's it's the very, I mean, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And the only direct way that we can interact with God is through his word like that. And so uh, when I open my Bible every morning, that's my heart is, Lord, please feed me true spiritual food that will sustain me throughout my day. Mm. And as you do that, uh, what brings you the most joy as you interact with God's word? Yeah, I think the primary thing that the most consistent thing that uh, that brings me joy is seeing in a fresh light God's character, seeing the beauty of Christ and just the depth of what God has done for me through his son, Jesus. And in particular, I find that when I can see connections between different parts of Scripture, that is what tends to really uh, evoke that sort of joy and wonder at the beauty of how God has has revealed himself in scripture and how earlier parts of scripture anticipate later parts of scripture and how that brings it all together into this one coherent story of what God is doing in the world and how I, little old me, not of no significance, that God chooses to include me in that grand story. Mm. Yeah. So you're talking uh, a little bit about this grand story, which is also known as biblical theology, or that's part of biblical theology, something that I know that you are an expert in. Um, It's something that I try to bring to my podcast as well. So in English, Dr. Herman, what is (laughs) biblical theology? And then kind of if, if someone has not ever waded into this idea of, of the, of the biblical theology waters, how could they start to wade into it? Yeah. So I think um, there's a couple of different ways to explain what biblical theology is. Um, it's not just simply theology found in the Bible as, as there's academic study of scripture. There's sort of 
different approaches to studying theology. And so biblical theology is primarily oriented towards tracing the storyline of the Bible that runs from Genesis through Revelation and how it all uh, culminates in the person of Jesus and what he's done for his people and ultimately consummates in a new creation where we as his people live with him in sinless perfection and glorified resurrected bodies. And so uh, that's the big picture. And then within that, biblical theology also pays careful attention to how that story develops, how God progressively reveals himself as scripture unfolds, as well as tracing key themes throughout scripture that contribute to our understanding of that larger story so that we have the holistic picture of what God is doing. And when it comes to kind of getting started, I think one of the places to begin is making sure you have a good grasp of that big picture story that runs from Genesis through Revelation. Mm -hmm. And one simple place to begin is actually in my book, Asking the Right Questions. I have a short chapter that tries to give an overview of the biblical meta narrative, the biblical story from Genesis to Revelation to capture the big picture story of what God is doing in the world. One other resource that I think is really helpful is a book by uh, James Hamilton entitled What is Biblical Theology? And he does a good job of making it very accessible, entry-level. It might even be 110, 120 pages, so very oriented okay. towards anybody who wants to better understand their Bible. Yeah, I I love the idea of of the grand story of Scripture, of meta narrative. I've been a Christian my whole life, but honestly, probably within the last uh, the last seven to 10 years, have I been introduced to this idea, you know, that it's kind of all connected. It's one big story. And, and so it's been extremely thrilling for me. And so I do try to, um, hint at it. I think a little bit on the podcast, I talk about it a little bit. So where do you see people taking wrong turns when considering kind of when trying to follow those themes or trying to understand, uh, the grand, the meta narrative. Sure. I, I think one of the primary mistakes that, that people can make when reading the Bible is not appreciating or understanding the development of God's unfolding story. And so, uh, for us as Christians in particular, as we look back at the old Testament, one of the mistakes we can make is not realizing that we are under the new covenant and not under that old covenant. So when we read passages of scripture that deal with specific laws and regulations, uh, we might feel like, oh no, am I am I disobeying God because I'm not offering this sacrifice or doing this specific thing? And that fails to take into account that we are under the new covenant that Christ has inaugurated through his death and his resurrection. And so paying careful attention to kind of where you're at in the biblical mm. storyline is really important for reading your Bible. I like to tell my students, you have to look both ways when crossing the biblical street. So mm. you look behind to see what's already happened in the biblical meta narrative to get your orientation, but you also have to look ahead to see where the story is going. So you rightly situate yourself there. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. I hope that my listeners will start to um, begin to explore some of the resources that we're talking about, because it really does kind of open up scripture in ways that um, previously, I think a lot of things are ignored because, because they're, sure. you know, I've heard, unfortunately I heard one time somebody say, 
uh, well, my, my youth pastor taught me not to read the old Testament because it's old. Mm, and I yeah. mean, there's just, you know, and, and, yeah. and I think probably because as they read that they didn't understand the mm-hmm. progressive nature of God's story. And so then yeah. they discarded it because it wasn't. Yeah. And I think one, one easy resource that, that people can use is simply looking at cross-references. Most yeah. Bibles that we have have cross-references. And so when you look at that, you're reading a passage in the New Testament. If you look at the cross-references, often you'll see a reference back to the Old Testament. Taking the time just to make that trip back to the Old Testament passage and reading around that area can really help you start to put your Bible together and see those themes that run all throughout Scripture. Yeah, I love that. So what compelled you to kind of make this journey to where you are today? What brought you to this point in uh, your walk with God? Yeah, so I grew up in a in a home where um, my parents believed it was important to get me to church. I think probably just to, to sort of get those good Christian morals into me. But um, thankfully, the Lord used that to bring me to know him at the age of 13 and um had a sense early on that God might be leading me to ministry, but wasn't really sure. Uh, one thing that I was grateful that God gave me right from the start was an absolute hunger for his word. Mm-hmm. I was voracious in reading reading the Bible. And even though there were lots of, it, lots of parts I didn't understand, I still had this appetite and hunger for reading it. And so mm-hmm. I went off to college and uh, initially was a sports broadcasting major, believe it or not. <laughs> Okay. All right. And uh, through my involvement with Crew or Campus Crusade at the time, uh, God redirected my steps into ministry um, and ended up going on staff with them for several years before going to seminary and then on to my PhD work. And then when I completed my PhD at Wheaton College, I began teaching here at Grace in 2006, working with both undergraduate and seminary students, preparing them for various forms of ministry. And uh, along the way, God's given me a lot of different opportunities to write and use those gifts to be able to be a blessing beyond my local church, beyond my uh, local campus here, and have the opportunity to uh, help people understand God's word better so they can walk with him more faithfully. Yeah. And really that's what has brought us here today because I read your book, um, Asking the Right Questions, a practical guide to understanding and applying the Bible. So tell me a little bit about the story behind the writing of that book. So this book really has its origins in um, a set of questions that I developed uh, probably maybe 15 years ago by now. One of the things I was discovering as I was teaching the Bible in the local church and uh, on a college campus and in a seminary classes was that there was this genuine hunger that believers had to read the Bible. But what I would refer to as this sort of low grade guilt, because mm-hmm. people didn't know necessarily what to be looking for. What should they be focusing on? Or they'd read some chapters and they'd get confused or discouraged. And so uh, over time, I just began to develop a set of basic questions of what should you be focusing on when you read the Bible? And that was really the sort of the origin story behind uh, asking the right questions. It started off as a one page handout of the eight questions that ended up being uh, the sort of the framework of the book. And as I began to use them, people seemed to be uh, benefiting from it. And so mm-hmm. 
Uh, I reached out to a friend at Crossway and they said, we would love to publish that. That's so great. So actually I share Bible interaction tool exercises. I call them bites on my podcast because I, uh, these are the exercises that I use to um, interact with God's word on a regular basis. They are habits that I did not create. I curated. And Mm -hmm. one of my habits is start with God and I curated it directly from your book. So it, um, it impacted me in such a huge way that if we seek to understand God's character, his, uh, conduct and his concerns in the passage that we're studying, um, that, that can bring great insight and also focus us in the right direction from the beginning so that I'm Mm -hmm. not focusing on myself, that I'm really starting uh, with where scripture wants me to start, which is with him. So tell us a little bit more about question number one, what do we learn about God? Yeah. So God is the central character of the Bible. He is the starting point. He is the end point. And so I want to make sure that when I'm reading the Bible, I am beginning with who is God? What is he like? And so those, those, those three C's that I developed of his character, his conduct, and his concerns were really just a way of trying to shed some different angles on who God is. And so you mm. think about, you have passages that directly talk about God's character. So, you know, you, you, you come across Isaiah 6 and Isaiah has the throne room vision where people or the angelic beings are crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Well, that's an obvious one. That's a uh, straightforward one. But, you know, sometimes there are other uh, texts where you have to kind of read between the lines to see God's character. Uh, A clear example of that is the whole book of Esther, where God's name is not explicitly mentioned, but it's evident that God is the one who is sovereignly working all these circumstances for the redemption of his people And so when you think about God's character, uh, that's where I want to start with those kinds of things. But sometimes you just see God doing things in a passage. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you think about uh, like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then there's a whole list of the things that God does for us as our shepherd. He leads, he guides, he provides those sorts of things. So I want to make sure I, I, I focus in on those realities. And then when it comes to concerns, uh, oftentimes a text will tell you what what matters to God, who is he concerned about. And so when you think about the number of passages in the Old Testament where God expresses his concern for the marginalized or mm. expresses his concern about acting with justice and righteousness, those are things that I want to make sure I pay attention to because my number one need is to know God and to know him rightly. Not just what I want him to be, not just what my culture tells me he is, but rightly understanding who he is based on what the Bible says. So we've talked about uh, starting with God. You actually threw in another habit that I love to um, share a lot, which is the cross references. Mm -hmm. Is there another habit of yours that we could incorporate into our time in God's word, a habit that you could share with us? Yeah. So every day uh, after I finish reading scripture in the morning, I try to take one verse that I pull out of that and I write it down in my planner slash journal and it's at the top of the page. So that way throughout the day, as I'm regularly going back and checking what's next on my agenda, what's the next meeting, what's the next class, what do I have to do? Um, My eyes are drawn back to that and it serves Mm -hmm. as a reminder of something that God 
used to speak to me in my time in the word in the morning. So it's a sort of a reference point all throughout the day so that I'm reminded of something in particular that I gained from reading God's word that morning. So that that's a practice that I used. I, I imagine there are probably digital ways of, of doing that as well. But um, that's something that I have found incredibly helpful. It's almost like playing the note on a piano and then pushing that pedal down so that it continues to reverberate throughout the day. Absolutely. Interesting. Because my daughter and I read to this morning, I'm wondering what which verse out of Hebrews I would put at the top of my planner. I'm going to have to go pull that out. Uh, well, uh, just as we wrap up, my listeners love Christian music. And so I wanted to ask, is there a song that is especially meaningful to you right now? Yeah, I think um, recently I have been very much drawn to uh, an album by Matt Boswell and Matt Papa uh, entitled Almost Home. And uh, they actually have two different versions of that same song on that album, a more acoustic and a more produced version. But um, that's one of those songs that just reminds me that this world is not my home. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get just so uh, weighed down with the circumstances of life and what's next on my to-do list and the different situations that cause stress or confusion or frustration, or even the the highs that that the Lord allows us to experience, that we can lose sight of the fact that um, this world is not our home, and mm. that God has something even better for us. So that that keeps me grounded in my faith and keeps me oriented towards the things that ultimately matter. Mm-hmm. Beyond all that we could ask or imagine, <laughs> yes, he has amen. in store for us. So, amen. all right. Well, listener, I know that you are going to want to get to know Dr. Harmon better. So, if you go to michellekneesat.com forward slash Matthew Harmon, I will have a link to his website, to his Amazon author page, his Twitter handle, a free downloadable bookmark that has the questions from asking the right questions. I so wish I would have had this resource years ago. <laughs> I keep going to like my Kindle and going to the appendix and looking at the questions and having to pull it up that way. So I'm going to print out the, the bookmark for myself as well. Uh, not only that, but he co-hosts two podcasts of his own. And so I will link to all of that on this page, michellekneesat.com forward slash Matthew Harmon. And if you are a subscriber to my email list, all of this information is already conveniently in your inbox. So Well, Matt, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for impacting the way that I interact with scripture and for just being faithful in the things that God has given you. Well, thank you for having me and uh, thank you for your ministry in pointing people back to scripture. I'm convinced that uh, we desperately need that reminder in this culture that we live in today. So thank you for your part in uh, helping orient people back to uh, the very words of eternal life that God has for us. Thank you for listening to this special Friday with Friends edition of More Than a Song. Be sure to follow the podcast and subscribe to my email list at michellekneesat.com to get premier notice of future special editions like this one. If you want to watch the interview, you can catch it over on YouTube. Just search for Michelle Nizat TV. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.